10, 9, 8. Who the fuck is Maldonado? Nobody, I made him up. That place was a shithole with so, so hot wings. Ronnie's not even listening. He looks like he's trying to get blown. We'll come out with the dice thing. The cubes, the peppers. I feel like the whole universe is telling me to go fuck myself. Top of the world, man. What are you, half deaf in both your fucking ears? Get in the fucking trunk. You stupid fuck! Now get the fuck out of your trunk of your own car. All right, we're up. Uh, Bob, you there? Hey, what's going on, Matt Hayes? All right, good to see you. Good to hear you, I mean. Uh, this is Matt and Bob, and this is the Analysis! <laughs> uh, we're joined once again by our co-host at this point to break down episode five of Dice on Showtime. He just took a huge shit, Greg Ott! The artist formerly known as Filth! All right. How's it going, Greg? Fine. <laughs> Now, you just watched the episode about five seconds ago. Uh, I know Bob's seen it three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> but uh, what do you think? I loved it. I think this was my favorite one uh, we've seen so far. What do you guys think? I had a lot of fun with this one. I agree. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't quite as shake-heavy as we uh, premiered uh, two weeks ago. Correct. But uh, Oh, uh, yeah, programming note. We were off last week to observe Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> But we're back, Fair talking cool. dice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, a little take quick recap. Uh, this week's episode, episode five, the penultimate episode entitled Sal Maldonado. Uh, Greg, do you have the episode description? Milkshake uses a fake name at a steakhouse to sound, quote, mobbed up, unquote. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, <laughs> Dice is replaced by a slick new Hollywood agent as the manager of his kid's heavy metal band. After the agent screws his sons over, Dice sets out for revenge. That description pretty much gives away uh, everything yeah, in the episode. The yeah, that's, uh, there's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the entire through line and this finale. The meanwhile yeah, always comes it. in, and it's the, the entire episode. And the first sentence yeah. of it is is always the B or C story. It's pretty funny the way they set those up. Yeah, there's no teaser at all. Like the the intro is the B story, but then the meanwhile is the through line A thread. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is kind of interesting. Um, uh, Bob, uh, what's uh, do you have fun with this one? What do you think? I loved it. Um, we can start right out of the gate. You get your dice impression of the week within the first probably three seconds of screen time, which yeah. I think it's Elvis this week. It's uh, he's. I think it's Elvis. I think it's yeah. He's we, doing uh, the point. The he... first. Yeah, he's doing the Elvis point. So yeah, right off the gate, the first line of dialogue is our dice impression of the week, and I believe it is Elvis. You're correct. It's. Uh... I like your style, man. I like your style. I like your style, man. I like your style, I like man. Your style. I like your style. <laughs> <laughs> and he's smoking weed. When, he's getting... Yeah, whenever he smokes weed, he likes to do the impressions. Yes. I, we're starting to see a trend. But he's he's in the car. He's having himself a little joy ride, it looks like, through the desert. And he's uh -huh. getting himself a little relaxed, if you say. Yeah, and dice time. Oh, yeah. just dice his luck. He gets pulled over. In his GMC, I'll have you. Uh, just the one that he's uh, financing from the uh, the doctor. The Denali. In his car. Right, yes. Always yeah, his Denali. Denali. His Denali, which, is which he is now paying for by himself. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so what are we supposed to believe that this friend of his who's pulling him over, like, because cause he gets out of the car, he's like, this fucking guy over here now, and, like, 
are we supposed to believe that he doesn't recognize his friend until he steps no. out of the car and is asked? I, like, what are they? I mean, what? Who are they playing for then? I don't. I think I it's the whole thing is setting us up to believe Dice is in big trouble, and then you find out. You know, he's got deep connects, and or he's got a man, and you know, this is like kind of a game they play where they they just kind of role play for a couple minutes, and then you know, the the exchange of the weed happens with the cop and him. I th- I think they were role playing the whole time, but they were setting the audience up to think there was going to be some sort. Yeah, of Yeah, you're setting the audience up, but I mean, like, how are you supposed to believe that? <laughs> yeah, because like, what? Get out of the car, dice. Oh fuck! Hey, count was, to ten. A B C D. Driving with a joint lit in his mouth. If he would have been pulled over by any other cop, it'd be like he'd immediately go to jail. So his yeah. his whole like demeanor of like, oh, what the fuck? Like it's like he didn't oh, give a shit. The fuck with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then the big reveal. He's asked to recite the alphabet backwards. Ten, <laughs> nine, eight. This fucking guy. This Great fucking bit. guy over here. Yeah, Great it, it was pretty funny. I, now I, I didn't catch this officer's name. It was it an unnamed friend? I don't I don't know that we ever got it, but I didn't see uh, it. Anyway, the episode rolls on. The credits always get me, you know, seeing Dice in his element. Uh, Heyday. Yeah. yeah uh, it's a it's a great intro. And then what we jump right into uh, his shitty sons and their shitty band. Uh, that's Go right. Ahead, Greg. The, uh, they're just uh, opening on them playing some song they've written. It sounds like garbage, as you would expect. And well, Dice... Uh, we, we finally get uh, the introduction of uh, Dice's longtime opening act, Wheels. Wheels. Uh, they also had a podcast together, Dice and Wheels. So, uh, yeah, the bar owner is a good, good, good friend outside of the show of Dice. That's right. He hooked him uh, up. So these, apparently these he's got kids so-so are... wings. Yeah, uh, but first the kids are they're playing their gig. They're they're playing their they're warming up for some gig they have coming up, and he goes to wheels and the sound guy because the sound isn't right. And I love from the get go, from the moment they stop playing and something's off, Dice hits you in the face with the exposition. It's like, boys, you know I'm your manager. I'm in charge of fixing this kind of stuff. Just like, <laughs> just so we're all on the same page. We oh, know yeah, right. exactly what is happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and- that, was ver- that was very clear. Dice is the manager. <laughs> uh, and so he sets out to solve the acoustics problem uh, with, the, with the soundboard operator who's trying to get blown. Just trying to get blown. Uh, in, in, an, in an empty bar in the middle of the afternoon, <laughs> I know. some, some and, girl who looks like a hooker is apparently hanging out just yeah, talking to the audio engineer. The bar is closed. They're doing a sound check, and some hot chick is there for some reason. <laughs> talking up the guy working the cables. <laughs> and she's so impressed. She's, she gets to listen yeah. to the headphones. Dice, what's with the cock block? <laughs> <laughs> and then Dice gets so mad because the guy insults his sons. The music sucking. It's like yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's for the mu- I don't think it's the audio engineering. I think they gotta work on their stuff. And he picks up the mixing board and hits the guy with it. Yeah, <laughs> puts his head through the subwoofer, yeah. as they say later. <laughs> Uh, the sound mix was like a poor man's Joaquin Phoenix, kind of like resembled <laughs> a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, and he's like, uh, and then and then we see Dice kind of his like reserved kind of like like a therapy sort of persona. Where it's like, look, you don't know me, you don't know that I've been working on myself, but I know you didn't just say something about my boys. 
but then he he of course loses control and, and smashes. Normally, Dice's diffuser is he tells people they don't know him because this also happened yeah, on the bus then... with the with the party guys. <laughs> hey, you don't know but me. But then he immediately resorts to violence, and then instantly it ends up physical. Yeah, yeah it flies off the handle. Uh, but this, I mean, it sets up exactly like what he. T- you remember the Mark Marin podcast, and he talks about his book. It's like my sons are gonna be the greatest rock and roll stars in history. They play yeah, we're, the nobody's worst music. They are so lame. Like they seem, they, uh, they seem like normal kids. Like they, they actually also look exactly like Dice in his heyday. Am I crazy? Well, they resemble uh, him. They're hit. There is well, kids. No, like, no well, question. Well, because like the the, uh, one the I, elder. The, the black frame glasses, I don't think, as much as the uh, guy with the longer curly hair, the guy that looks like uh, yeah, we, Miller, J.T. Miller, or T.J. Miller. Yeah, we, we, like, we, yeah, yeah. we got a T.J. Miller surfer dice, uh, and then we've got like a, uh, a, a a bit slower Ben Affleck dice uh, <laughs> <laughs> with glasses. I mean, that, just because like his, uh, his his speech pattern reminded me of Ben Affleck a little bit, but yeah, the neither. I mean, the drummer really not meant for TV, I guess. To be harsh, honestly, uh, but yeah, the younger. I mean, neither have any business. Yeah, they don't. They they're not <laughs> actors. He's just putting them yeah. on the show and. Luke. But neither is Dice. Uh, uh, although, actually, I don't know. Uh, at this point, I think Dice has proved himself with uh, with vinyl and blue jazz. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, Dice uh, is an actor. Yeah, I just think yeah, it's so funny sure. that he's using his like comeback in so many senses to prop up his kid's shitty band. Like, all right, maybe he's not going to win father of the year, but good, like admirable effort, dad. But who gives a shit? Like they sound terrible. (laughs) It's the most generic background rock and roll music that it's so bad. They're so bad. Yeah. And then, and then you you bring in this smarmy piece (laughs) of like this this British agent, I mean, stereotypical. I mean, what, what was he going for? Like, uh, like a Ricky Gervais sort of character, but he just came across as such a slimy, disgusting dude. Hayes, uh, do you have the guy's name, the actor's name? Because he was, I the first time I had seen him was on Kimmy, the uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and he played the oh the he was rich, on that pompous, show? Uh, boyfriend kind of boyfriend of Kimmy. And this is the second time I've seen him. Almost identical characters. You could have called him the same character name, and no one would have been like, "Oh, this is these these worlds coexist." The dice world and the well, yeah, that world. like that whole like upper class twit British accent is just really <laughs> really great. Saw me, and it's, uh, it's yeah, it's such a lazy character. Yeah, it is. It's it's too easy, and and yeah, it's just such a slimy dude. Um. So yeah, he tries to screw over the sons with a bad contract. Uh, lo and behold. Um, but, but then we, we get, get some fun. Yeah, yeah, no, we, no, go ahead. We get that fun stuff. Like we get to that point by the first meeting. Like the kids are like, "Dad, we're signing with this agent. He really wants to meet us." And Dice is uh, butt hurt because he's like, "But I thought I was the manager." And the kids are like, oh, "Too bad, Dad." And great. They, the, they set up the garage bit. The garage bit was great. Where he's putting the, the egg cartons, but... he's putting the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they show so, up. Uh, and the Dice door tries raises. to like win his sons over by well, first of all, he what he, he brings him candy apples, uh, <laughs> joints, uh, <laughs> a, a, a piece of coffee cake, and blunts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the soundboard engineer. Here's the makeup for it. I got coffee cake and blunts. There was a great, uh, that, there's a great moment in that scene because they're all just like sitting there complaining. 
Dice's girlfriend barely says a word, and when the scene is like coming to an end, you just see her light up the blunt and walk away. <laughs> she grabs the candy yeah, apple yeah. too. Yeah, uh, that is true. She does bite into the candy apple. Uh, not a lot for uh, Natasha in this episode. Uh, no, that's that's okay. Com- she's she's been pretty heavy in a lot of these other episodes, and she's usually pretty good. I was glad that this was milkshake in the driver's seat. <laughs> when they went to that stupid restaurant, that was that yeah. was my second favorite milkshake scene. But the the name dropping bit and the when he's because they go to this restaurant to meet this agent guy, and they go to the the maitre d and they're like, uh, we got a reservation for milkshake, and she says, uh, what, Mr. Milkshake goes, Mr. Milkshake, it makes me sound like a cartoon character. It's the most <laughs> meta joke in the entire show. So you are a cartoon character. You are a cartoon character. That got a laugh out loud out of me, too. I thought that was a great... The best line of the whole series from anyone was, it makes me seem like a cartoon character. Your name is Milkshake. Throwing a mister in there isn't saving. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was great. Uh, and then they get the Kobe very... Beef conversation. Where, where, uh, uh, well, yeah, first Dice brings, Kobe beef. Dice brings the A1 steak sauce, which is a bit ripped right out of uh, Curb, where he brings the ketchup to the restaurants. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. and now Dice yeah. is bringing A one steak sauce to the steak restaurant, and so they're uh, sorry, sir, you can't eat the A one steak sauce here, and Dice is offended because it's A one steak sauce. Who cares? Um, Pretend you didn't see it, and then I can't unsee it, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and so then uh, Milkshake lays down the uh, Sal Maldonado told us that we could order the Kobe beef and that we could have the A one steak sauce, Sal Maldonado. And the name is frightening enough or, or powerful enough, or the, the idea of the name is powerful enough to get uh, to get them Sounds what they needed. Up. Yeah, and it works, and they get the steaks. So I, I, I was confused as, as a waiter. If you tell a table, <laughs> we're out of Kobe as beef. As a waiter. These <laughs> <laughs> people like, experience. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. True. So if you're like, look, we're out of the steak. I'm sorry, there's none left. Oh hey, this intimidating guy told me that I should get it. Well, let me let me go find some old discarded ends. <laughs> like, oh, let let me see what we weren't willing to serve people. Oh, I guess we could, yeah, we could come up with something. Unless they're like holding a menu item for no. ex- distinguished guests. Like, oh, we don't have that. This hey, is we, your special. We didn't, throw out, we didn't throw out that expired beef, did we? Okay, good. We got two guys who need <laughs> yeah. to eat it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy with some fake-ass name is trying to get the beef. Can, can we get that discarded meat back in here? Yeah, I guess we can heat it. That's get out of the trash. Get out of the plate. <laughs> so you're thinking... Get out of the trash. This could be get like one of those... Plate. This could be like one of those moments where Dice and Milkshake were actually getting punked. Uh, um, like the one... Dane Cook movie where they put their pubes on everyone's food. What was that movie? Uh, waiting. Do you think this yeah, could... waiting. Do you yeah, think, exactly. Do you think there's all sorts of boogers and cum all over uh, Dice and Milkshake? Oh, there's so much. There? Yeah. They're that Kobe, Kobe beef is Kobe that beef. Kobe beef is covered in boogers and cum. <laughs> They're like the Yelpers hey, from what... South Park. <laughs> What's that sauce? It feels tingly in my tongue. Ooh, that's just some boogers and cum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on topic. So, so while yeah, they're back, waiting, back on brand here. Once they get back to their, uh, once they get their Kobe beef, um, milkshake has the observation that Kobe Bryant. How much money do you think Kobe Bryant gets picked kicked back on this Kobe beef? 
Uh, and there's a little uh, bit of a sparring. A incredibly there. easy, cheesy joke, which gets way too much screen time. You, you think it'd be a throwaway, like, uh... You idiot! Uh, who, yeah. Who's that? Yeah, exactly. But no, they actually discuss it, and then... He's, he's the like, dice you know, stakes. We've, we've, <laughs> we've been eating beef for a long time. I mean, how many... Did you see any Kobe beef before Kobe Bryant started playing ball? You're blowing my mind right now. We should make dice uh, stakes! Actually, little cubes yeah, of steak! Actually, yeah, which I, I yeah, little cube steaks, the dice steak, steak and little cubes, um, which I would buy. I think that's a marketable enterprise. There you go. Yeah, check your grocer's freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Snake eyes steaks. Uh, so yeah, I, I uh, uh, j- j- really quick. Uh, w- Adam Campbell is the name of Brad Stevens. He shows up to the meeting late, but uh, he doesn't eat food in front of people, which is a, the ultimate power play. A sign of weakness. Um, yeah, sign of weakness. Um, so he's he, he's going over the dice's head to sign his brilliant teenagers to turn them into international celebrities, uh, apparently. Um Although I guess it's just a ruse to screw them out of what little money they could possibly make. Yeah, I don't. The I guess I don't understand. Taking all the royalties. Yeah. So he draws up some contracts, and uh, Dice finds out that uh, Brad Stevens is the con- in the contract language is taking all of their royalties from whatever. As a manager, he's able to to sign them to. I I I don't know. I mean, if you think so lowly of them, what exact royalties does he expect to get? Yeah, the royalties from the music they've yet to record and release. Like, I know you have to do all that royalty contract stuff before you sign, but it's so... And apparently Dice is such an expert in contracts. I mean, we, we'll get to that, but the, the, this is where the, the thread of what's going on starts to unravel a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, even though it, it's super it, entertaining. Yeah, it is It is fun. It's, it's, it's kind of... I mean, it had a nice flow and a silliness to it, but it wasn't just stupid and disconjointed, which is why I kind of like this episode. I, uh, I did like when they, because they eventually go after Stevens, and the, again, you, the cop bit gets used where, you know, the uh, Stevens is driving in his BMW, and you see the sirens go off, and the, our, our friendly cop shows back up, and all of a sudden on the passenger side is Dice! And it's like, get out of the yeah. car, get in the trunk! <laughs> Um, and what they... are you half deaf in both your ears? Which I didn't really get that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, so, so we have one full hearing in one ear. I, I didn't understand that. Uh, and they threw him into the trunk, and then uh, very bad things style drive him into the the middle of the desert for some uh, lighthearted shenanigans, as Dice calls it. Yeah, or uh, I thought like yeah, suck, very bad things it. is a good one, or pain and gain, whether it's these idiots trying to pull off something, some sort of yeah shakedown or illegal move and it goes horribly wrong because uh brad stevens they can't get the trunk open with the fob because brad stevens shirt is caught in between the latch of the trunk and uh and dice learns an important lesson about uh automobile uh, technology the fob is the electronic door opener for a car he did not know that before now he does yeah but they uh they eventually have to get back to Dice. They have to drive Stevens all the way back to Dice's uh, garage, which is still littered with um, with the egg cartons. <laughs> and they run over the egg barrel where he was storing all the cartons. I, of course, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was a great I, bit. I, yeah, yeah, that was so a nice little callback. Like, I bu- 
did you buy a bunch of uh, egg cartons just for the cartons? Well, yeah, what else? And then, of course, it's got a trash can full of eggs, which they knock over. I mean, you have to use a bunch of eggs. Of eggs. Yeah. It's so Three times eggs. the trash can of eggs is referenced. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the manager's alive. It was just some shenanigans, uh, and he's sent off on his way, never to be seen of again, although we don't really know what happens with these kids. Oh, uh, oh yeah, the end of the episode. So... Uh, we, we get the show at uh, at Wheels's bar going, uh, so I guess that's back on, and Dice is back as the manager, and all's well, um, except for Milkshake and uh, and Sal Malzanala uh, has a little scare there with uh, with uh, Brad um, Brad Morris has a great great little you yeah. know cameo in this. Episode. I'm so glad he's all over the episode and in so many of them. We we skipped over my favorite scene. Which we did. Was them we did. We skipped. In, yeah. In in Dice's backyard, talking about how all of them like how how horrible fathers they are, except for Milkshake, <laughs> who keeps making the same bad joke <laughs> so many times. That's oh my Three god. Three times in a row, Milkshake. Goes, I don't have any kids. I don't have any kids that I know. Of. That I that know I know of. of. <laughs> really? Three times. Really? Uh, and then, Bra- uh, yeah, Brad Morris is a great bit about. Uh, well, yeah, I didn't really like my kids, so I abandoned them. But, you know, I mean, I mean, it was really more about me and my uh, relationship with their wife, you know, with their mom. But uh, you know, they're in Flagstaff; they're doing well. Yeah, but, she's dating uh, some guy nice named Chad. Bit. They keep calling him Dad. I said, "Don't call him Dad. Call him Chad. Chad and Dad." Yeah, so Bra- yeah, Brad Morris had a nice little part in this. I like that. So yeah. uh, shout out to um, IO Second City alum. That's right. So I don't know. This I think this episode was uh, was a pretty big winner. I think of the ones we've seen, this one feels just like the ones where it's like, Dice, you're kind of in the shit. You gotta figure out a way to solve this problem. That's not like so insanely over the top, like the gay wedding one. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole season has kind of gone like hit, miss, hit, miss for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and then to your point last week, Greg, about, you know, episode four kind of working as the pilot, we, we see the fruits of that scenario bearing where he goes back to uh, what Tony, the, you know, the, the Tangiers yeah. um, manager, and he tries to ask a favor, and, and she's like, I have you by the balls. You have no bargaining power. <laughs> and f- from the guy who's the best at contracts has signed a I will pay you nothing and you will do everything for me contract. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's what could have been happening the entire season. I don't get why we're just now kind of getting into that. Where now it's it, it's hitting its stride where he's got a problem. He He's screwed by this contract and she's making, I mean, you know, this kind of, comes out of his own problem, but she could have been ordering him to do weird stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe it just would have worked. Yeah, I hope they, if there's another season, I really hope they realize that they stumbled onto a good thing because it gets, it's just so much more fun to watch all that versus the bizarre domestic stuff of having to pick out a chair. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah, so much of the domestic stuff, like nobody cares about that. I mean, Natasha Legaro, I think we've all stated, is probably one of the best aspects of the show in terms of acting wise anyway and commitment but they really don't give her much to do apart from argue with Dice about what a Neanderthal he is Uh, uh, but that's about it it's like she has the same thing every single week Uh, like how stupid can you be and how can you talk to me like that Um, alright alright 
Do you want to? Uh... All right. Well, moving on. That wraps up episode five of Dice on Showtime. Next, well, I guess airing tonight on Sunday will be episode six, the season one finale. Uh, I still have got my Showtime Anytime uh, three thirty day free trial, so I'm still watching <laughs> these episodes. I hope you are too. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so so next week we've got Michael Rappaport in. Uh, what's the name of the episode? The name of the episode is Six Grand. Six Grand. All right. Well, look forward to watching and reviewing that. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, let's let's start. Let's jump into uh, some tales from the tour. Greg, our Second City tour co uh, performer, was recently in Salt Lake City. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, Salt Lake City is uh, is very nice. But at the end of the night, you know, you think of a place like that very religious uh it's one of those mormons, sta- yeah. mormons everywhere it's one of those states that has like kind of weird liquor laws like the beer can only be a certain percentage alcohol so like everything you buy is super watered down but there was one place we went called the x wife's place x <laughs> w-i-f-e-s no apostrophe place just like mm. the diviest piece of shit in town uh, the kind of place where you walk in there and everybody looks at you because they know you're from out of town. Just the way you, the way you enter the bar and all these like, not toothless locals, but they uh, they clearly uh, have seen now, better is, days. Is that where ex-wives will hang out, or is that where I is that where you go to Find reconnect your with your ex-wife? Yeah. yeah, I think I think you're supposed to say it like, "Hey, where where were you last night?" Oh, I went over to the ex-wife's place. <laughs> you know, almost like. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, in both is in both instances, real and hyperbole, it elicits a uh, <laughs> exactly like geez, interesting it, choice. <laughs> exactly like it's not uh, it's not where you want to spend the night. Uh, <laughs> well, I know my good buddy Cameron Dodge White likes uh, a favorite saying of his is, "Oh man, that girl's so hot. She's my future ex-wife." Hey, he doesn't have any kids that he knows of. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah. Really? He's the kind of guy who's be making uh, milkshakes one day. Cameron's very Cameron's very milkshakey. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Did Did you find your future ex wife in there, Greg? Uh, I did not. Uh, not a Not a looker in the bunch, I'm afraid. Oh, she found out he had rot, huh? No, that must have been it. So uh, last week uh, we talked about um, uh, Bob. You brought up uh, what we would like to see Dice appear in. Um. As uh, as alternate characters, and uh, this is not like a uh, oh I'd like to see him you know in uh, in in Goodfellas or you know Casino and but uh, I I would I would like to see him go on Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee and yes. the car to be the f- the car to be the Ford Fairlane. Oh my yes. god! Yes. <laughs> How is this not happening? Jerry must hate him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jerry probably hates him. I mean, I don't think they so. Jerry's had it's not that he hates him he's had a lot of really big comics on that show and Dice being one of the biggest ones of all time he'd be perfect for that show and he already has the perfect car for it I think it's a great idea damn they, yeah they I mean the, the, the car fits yeah the car fits the comedian perfectly uh, and that's usually Jerry's goal uh, all of our loyal <laughs> I, listeners I'm starting a petition you'll be seeing it coming yeah. out to get yeah. Let's dice, get dice on, on comedians and cars. In the change.org. 
Can you imagine those two together in a car in the in a Ford Fairlane car? I mean, what would they talk about? Do they respect each? I mean, I know Dice respects Jerry, but God, I, I, I Jerry probably hates him, right? I, I don't oh know. yeah. I mean, but <laughs> Still, I mean, he's had he he has foul foul mouth comics on there. I I, I just I, know, I think that'd be really funny to see those two interact. Well, the, the conversations they always have is, like, Jerry and his, like, blazer and nice jeans and nice sneakers and then driving around Dice in one of his stupid Brooklyn T-shirts. They usually talk yeah. about, you know, like, the good coffee and, like, the way they the way they approach fans. Hey, like, Dice Dice's does fans coffee. would be nothing like Jerry Seinfeld's fans, you know? Dice can hey, teach yeah. him how he blows Dice, on the Dice. coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dice can teach him how to blow on his coffee. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking about. Anyway, God, that'd be great. That's a big win. Uh, all right, moving moving on again, real quick. Uh, last week we had a uh, uh, Joan Rivers was brought up in the episode. Um, Greg had already seen the documentary, A Piece of Work, uh, which came out in 2010. I went back and watched it, as did Bob. Uh, so let's uh, let's go into that real quick. What do you guys think about that? I'm really I was way more into it than I thought. I really looked at it when we talked about watching it as a homework assignment, but found myself enjoying it a lot. And I think a lot of what happened with Joan in that documentary because it it basically just takes a snapshot of a year in her career. And um, I thought a lot of what happened in that kind of relates to Dice and what he's trying to do and revitalize his career, get his second shot or second chance or whatever you want to, however you want to say it. Um, And the most interesting thing I thought was said in it was by her assistant who, um, oh no, sorry, it was by Kathy Griffin. And she said, basically, whether or not you're busy or as busy, whether or not Joan is as busy as she wants to be or as famous as she wants to be, the fact that she's still here, the fact that she's still in entertainment is amazing after all of these years. And, and the whole thing about her trying to do a new play and a new book and get on The Apprentice and then, uh, you know, did, all of it was just trying to, like, get that last spark and that last uh, bit to, to kind of get your, your fandom back. Um, I thought relates to Dyson exactly what this show is trying to do for him. Yeah, I mean, they definitely seem like kindred spirits in that regard. I mean, she just never stops working, and she's probably—I mean, I don't want to—I want to say Dice isn't a hard worker, but I mean, this this woman definitely grinded more than he did. But I, it was kind of sad, and like, I mean, she was very self-aware, which was funny about you know when um, her manager would call and like, Joan, open up your. Uh, you know, uh, your appointment book. I've got something to add. She's like, well, let me get my sunglasses out. You know, because the white pages were blinding her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing written in. But still, I can't get over the fact that like she brought this on herself. Like the plastic surgery, she looks ridiculous. And like, mm-hmm. I, I, she goes to that uh, the rose. She's like, oh, it's all, it's all gonna be plastic surgery jokes. But I'm like, yeah, well, what? I mean, what do you expect? It's, it's gruesome I, yeah. I but the fact the I, she, fact that still... she had to do the roast and you don't know why people end up doing the roast but it was simply for the money like she and she's supporting yeah. so many people she's got family members and friends and people anyone that's on her staff they have kids she tries to put the kids into private schools personally yeah that's all well and good and inspiring but the place she lives is ridiculous yeah, it's so, so obs- yeah this mansion in uh what the upper i don't know what it was west side of yeah. like manhattan massive um 
uh, house. Yeah. But I, I thought it was yeah. incredibly compelling. <clears throat> it is. And uh, it, it the work ethic of somebody like that at that age, like, I don't know if it's because she had nothing else to do with her life. Like, some people could just easily hang it up and, all right, I'm rich. I'm going to go play golf the rest of my life. Plenty of people do that. But it's as somebody who, like, works on the road is very, it's very, I mean, people talk about why how comics are different than other actors or like what I do, like improv and sketch, like we tour, but it's not, it, it can be busy, but not like that. You have to stay on top of every venue and always be ready to do something new and stay like you're always in a car or a plane and going someplace else. And at that age, it's, it's incredible watching somebody be able to do that. Even at that level, still like be worn down and still keep going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she had the energy. She was, you know, doing yeah. a show until 3 a.m. and then getting on a plane or going to, like, you know, some talk show, like, in the crack of dawn. And, yeah. You know, or you're getting up at 5 to catch some flight to Minneapolis to do some bullshit show in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I, yeah. how do you survive as a, what, 70-, 80-year-old woman on three hours of sleep? It's a, And then so the— That's what Kathy Griffin was saying is the fact that you're still here and you're still doing it is a testament alone. Whether— relative yeah. or not to how famous you are yeah no yeah so i mean it was really enlightening because i don't know much about her but at the same it was sad and i i, I guess i respect her more as a comedian than i did before watching it but did you guys at the same time i sorry no go ahead um i was gonna say did you guys notice the one bit where they were showing all of her jokes in those giant catalog folders and the yeah, one that, that she a, yeah. went into reference it said i don't know how she went about organizing them but it said it said cooking and Tony Danza. Those were the two topics in the same box. <laughs> it I was probably uh, it was probably alphabetical, like C to D. Yeah, so it was like cooking and Danza. She's got she's got. <laughs> I guess that makes she's more got sense. a lot of material on Tony Danza. Really <laughs> All really these Danza bits. Yeah, I guess <laughs> alphabetical makes a lot more sense than I. I'll be bidding on that Tony Danza material when that's yeah. released from her estate. Yeah, yeah, that's where I go to Sotheby's for the auction. I'll take the CO to DA. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got nothing on Danza. I gotta win this lot. <laughs> All the comedians lining up for the different yeah. different topics. She holds the market on Tony Danza. <clears throat> Uh, all right, well, uh, moving on from that, uh, Bob, you want to introduce some dice trivia for this week? I wouldn't say it's necessarily dice trivia, because that kind of spoils the fun. But, uh, yeah, we got some oh, trivia no coming up for you guys, if you would like to participate. Well, yeah, we're not going to open up to the phone lines. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will get lifelines. <laughs> we could, that's right. All right, well, um, trivia question number one <laughs> to both of you guys. See if you guys can come up with these together. Um, starting in 1986, Andrew Dice Clay has had 12 TV stand-up specials. Name the title of four. You got Dice Twelve, Man we gotta name four. Mm-hmm. Dice Man Cometh. One. Face Down, Ass, ass up. up. Nope, that's, that's an album, not a TV Just special. Just an album? Oh, 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 TV specials. Correct. Oh, okay. The Dice Man Cometh, uh, I'm over here now. Two. Uh, he's got one that's like un, unleashed or unrehearsed, something like that. Un, oh, oh, unbroken, unbroken. Or, uh, no. Right. Oh, what was it gonna? The the one that just came out on Showtime. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> it's uh, you guys are close. That one's called Indestructible. 
Oh, wait, indestructible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right, we got indestructible. We got uh, Dice Man coming. over here now. Dice Man cometh, which is like the first one. I'm trying uh, to think of that one that's got the the I, really bad sketches where it's like him working in a suit store. You remember that? <laughs> he's oh, like trying. He's like trying to fit people for clothing, and it's the bits are terrible. Is that the uh, the the forty two long bit? Uh, it's similar but different. I think it came after that. They they wrote all those like it's him also as like a kid at his dinner table, like talking about <laughs> girls. That's one oh. of my favorite. I'll, uh, bits. I'll uh, just read them down for you. You guys got yeah, yeah. pretty close. So the first one in '86 was called Andrew Dice Clay One Night with Dice. Mm. Then um, nothing goes right. Dice Man cometh. Dice rules. Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> for ladies only. Andrew Dice Clay, <laughs> no apologies. Andrew Dice Day, Andrew Dice Clay and his gang, uh, in the Valentine's Day massacre, and then Andrew Dice Clay assume the position. <laughs> I'm over here yeah. now. Point Doom. Andrew Dice Clay indestructible, and Andrew Dice Clay presents the Blue Show. Dude, oh, wait, the Blue wait, Show. Wait. Did you say Point Doom? Point Doom. What the hell is Point? I, I don't know what Point Doom is. <laughs> what year did that come out? I two thousand. I gotta Man. get up on my uh, TV specials. Yeah. I, it, do we include the MTV or uh, no, what I was didn't. that award um, show the monologue? Maybe Point Dam shouldn't <laughs> the, be out the, here. The Polestar the Black- Awards. Oh, the Polestar, right? The Blackberry bit, or the the what parties used to be like? The, oh God. Yeah. who could forget? I, that should that should that should be in canon somewhere. I mean, I don't care. That should be in the Library of Congress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when aliens invade our our, our uh, um, world and want to know about the history of technology, I, w- I want Dice's views on the rise of the BlackBerry to be <laughs> front and center. When we when we send out another uh, when Neil deGrasse Tyson sends out a Carl Sagan gold record into space, <laughs> they etch in the sounds of human beings and the, our languages and our math. We need to encode that on there. Oh yeah. Um, well, that's it for this week's episode of the analysis. Uh, this show is edited by Matt Hayes, recorded by Matt Hayes, and mixed by Matt Hayes. <laughs> uh, Andrew Papa is our sponsor. We hope to get him on soon. Um, Bob, any closing words? Thanks for coming on, Greg, and thanks for listening, fans. Very canned. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right. This Wear has been shirt. the analysis. Bye. I don't have any kids. Milkshake. Really? Give it a fucking rest, would you please? Bye.